Hi Vikram, welcome to Network Capital. How are you doing today? Hey Utkarsh, doing very well. Thank you for having me. Excited about the talk. Yeah, our Network Capital communities are uh, something we are really passionate about. So when we learned that you're uh, empowering or trying to empower communities at scale, we said that uh, let's dive deep into your adventurous career so far. So walk me through a bit about what you've done uh, and what you're trying to build here at Dowlands. Yeah, absolutely. I'll first cover what we do at Dowlands, uh, and I'll try keeping a non-technical version of it so that it's easier to grasp for our listeners. Uh, yeah. You take any Web two company today, Utkarsh, right? Like pick anything that you can think of. Uh, this company is probably using something like Intercom or Fresh Team for or Freshworks for its customer care. They're using maybe something like Razorpay for payments. Or Stripe for payments. They may be using something like Mailchimp or HubSpot for marketing, and mm-hmm. so on. Any company uses a stack of tools, right? Like you use your own tools for HR management, for salary disbursals, for equity management, everything from here and there. Communication, Slack, whatnot. Uh, it looks like as we go ahead and with whatever has happened in the crypto world, specifically over the past few years, uh, in mm-hmm. specific, like the last four or five years. There has been a strong demonstration of a network existing on its own. The networks have always existed for a while, but there is now an economical angle to it. There is an economic graph that sits on top of that network, right? Which makes it possible for a decentralized group of people to come together and still ensure that the product or the thing that they were working on gets shipped out at the right time which is the idea that a community can come together and deliver outcomes without fail, right? Like, and that changes a lot of things because with that power starts coming in back in the groups of people who are delivering work, right? Like you start seeing a decentralization of power and these movements, they've always been there since 2007, 2008. Also, there was like a big movement around open source and all of that didn't thrive because there was no economical angle. Now with crypto, all of it becomes feasible. So our hypothesis at Dowlands is that as Web3 picks up and it goes more and more mainstream, you will see most of these organizations of the future have a decentralized network or a decentralized community with a community first approach, right? And as and when that happens, this community is gonna use a bunch of tools. So we call it the stack of tools that the community will use. In case of a DAO, it will be something like the DAO stack, but The terminology here itself is not important. Like our bet is not on the fact that DAO will thrive as a term. It's the simple idea that it has been demonstrated that a group of people in a decentralized fashion can give outcomes in a reliable way. And if the community picks up, can we go about providing a bunch of these tools? So Dowlands aims to provide the infrastructural layer and a suite of tools for a decentralized community to function. Now, when I say that, there are maybe 100 things that are needed today. Uh, We have three products that are live. uh, And again, that's the vision we are working towards. Can we go in and facilitate the decentralized community first uh, future of work? That's fascinating, Vikram. Uh, How did you get interested in this problem? Yeah, it's it's a very good story, uh, but I'll I'll skip some of the details unless you like ask me to jump into it Uh, on a high level. We love details. We love details and we love stories. So 
okay. Uh, okay. So, so see, here's the backdrop. Like I got into crypto in 2015. It was a happy accident. I was supposed to fly out to Belgium for a data visualization internship. And I have a product and design background. So I was at IIT Guwahati, super stoked about this international opportunity, which was rare back then in a second year student. Uh, and I was like preparing for all of that. In the course of all of that, I ran into Khan Academy and this course, which was simply titled, What is Bitcoin? I think it was like maybe a day or day and a half of a course. And that's how my journey started. I had no clue that I would let go of everything thereafter, right? Like, so I let go of my internship. I got into Bitcoin. I got very curious. I think it was trading at $200 or so back then. If we talk about price, this was 2015. And once you understand the familiarities, thing is like back then in 2015, 2016, most of the blockchains were still dealing with the basics. Things had not advanced that much. People were still trying to figure out the core thesis. And with that, it was very easy for you to get a grasp on what's Ethereum. What are they trying to do different, right? Like what is Litecoin? Why is there a fork coming in? What happened? So we, we were keeping an eye out on everything. And I remember I was one of the few people who used to like have these sessions in colleges, which pretty much no one would want to attend because Bitcoin, <laughs> who knows it, right? Like, and uh, the thing is that we, we had our eyes on. So I remember when I, 2017 was when I graduated and I got into a job with Sprinkler. It's a B2B enterprise company. Right. It was a non-crypto role, of course, non-Web3 role. Uh, Web3 was not even a term that was being used back then. But the point is like, I put in maybe the first four or five months of my salary entirely into Bitcoin, right? Like I was like, Hey, uh, it was simply that frustration that I had seen that Bitcoin was at $200 and it had gone to wherever. But on top of that, this is not the high point. The thing is like in the process of doing it, when you're financially involved, you start looking at things even more seriously. So I started looking at these projects that were coming in crypto kitties came up in 2017. There was a big crash towards the end of 2017. And I went further in when that happened. Because there were these things like CryptoKitties, which are gaining traction. Most of people were like taking it in a fun, light way. But today, that is how I think NFTs evolved, right? Like CryptoKitties were pretty much what a lot of people say was the genesis of how NFTs came into being. And that shifted a lot of perspective. So Polygon came up in 2019. Uh, I started reading about it and we're like, okay, I, I know of this company, what they are at least trying to do. I was not very sure at that point in time, what would all would be possible given India had a lot of regulatory issues, yeah. but so proud to see what Polygon has achieved today. So what I'm coming to is over all of these years, I had one of my eyes out on the crypto landscape, very well knew what was happening, why things were coming in DeFi as a term became popular in 2020. But I think a few people were using terms like decentralized exchanges and DeFi even towards the end of 2018, 2019, right? What's funny is that I had dismissed DAOs as an option altogether. I was like, okay, 2016, the DAOs had collapsed. I had seen it, didn't really pay much of attention to it. Thought of that, okay, this is just a fancy term that's being floated around. In 2018, most of these DAOs were thinking of replacing governments. There was these narratives of, hey, can we overthrow democracies and replace them with a DAO-like structure? And I was like, okay, that's, that's too tall of a target at this point in time, most likely not mm -hmm. gonna work. I dismissed the idea. Now. A lot of things kept on happening. Of course, the ecosystem was maturing. Uh, 2020 was when, again, there was a lot of mainstream focus uh, in terms of what's happening in the crypto world. And funnily enough, around the end of 2020, 2021, I decided to leave Sprinkler. So I left Sprinkler as a senior director of product design and growth from a UX designer to a senior director. That was in itself a journey where I think we got into rooms with companies like PNG, L'Oreal, Nike, Prada, 
McDonald's, all of these are sprinkler customers. So we were like traveling all across the world, getting into room sprinklers, making acquisitions. It was planning on going for its IPO. A lot of things were moving in. There was a lot of growth. Uh, and I think it's because of that also, like my roles also kept on shifting. But overall, I think in maybe four years, I was involved indirectly or directly in 60, 60 plus products with a revenue line of a million or more. So that is where my perspective on what a product and what a good business model is, was getting shaped. Now I left Sprinkler uh, for a month. I think I was just traveling across the country because there was this hypothesis that, hey, we have done product, we have done design, we've done growth. Of course, at some point in time, I was acting as a product manager. Sometimes it was as a product growth lead. So I just wanted to talk to all of these execs who were building in India, right? Okay. Uh, a lot of my friends I had not caught up over the years, just trying to get a perspective on, hey, you were thinking of starting up, what's your learning? Uh, hmm. What are these people saying? And a lot of people would come and talk to me. So I remember in the month of February, 2021, for the entire month, I was going around the country, Delhi, Pune, Coimbatore, Chennai, Mumbai, Bangalore, right? Like, and midwhile, me, like, meanwhile, I just go for offsites as well, like break as in like, head out for a weekend over at Uti or something. I was, of course, relaxing, taking a break, but I was meeting these people every breakfast, lunch and dinner was with different people. Uh, it was just a way for me to reflect on whether my understanding on product design, growth, whatever, was it even like having a strong foundation or was it all over the place? In the process of meeting all of these people, of course, I had my own learnings and that was a separate conversation, but I ended up running into Merkel Science and Mrigang, who also happens to be an IITG alum. Uh, that's how Merkel Sciences journey started. I got in into Merkel Sciences, the ABP of product. There was no VP. So you can imagine we were a Singapore based company. We were planning on expanding into us seed stage to series A, series A to series B. That's a very interesting journey. And I happened to be, uh, in the company at the right time, we were shipping out a lot of products, but again, now here we were getting into rooms with folks like Coinbase, Kraken, FBI, Goldman Sachs, which was like thinking of how do they leverage the crypto landscape, right? Like so on. And it was here where I was professionally in the sector. So of course, everything that had happened over since 2015 was now like happening full-time in my role. We were looking at left, right, and center. What's happening? Why is this thing being talked about? What is the latest technology that's coming in? Uh, unfortunately, in April 2021, I got hit by COVID and that was a bad uh, case. As in like COVID didn't really impact me. But post-COVID complications were extreme. I developed costochondritis, hypersensitivity. There is a terminology for it, hyperesthesia. And you just start being too sensitive to pain. So there was these chest inflammations and so on in pain. And I, I, I was forced to like sort of stay in bed and not move a lot, right? Like, so that symptom didn't really go down with time. I was on a lot of medications. There were complications because of that as well. And I think around September of 2021 was when I decided that, hey, it's getting very tough to work because it's taking a toll on my health. So I need to probably step back. I had this chat with Mrigang. He was very supportive. Of course, he had seen everything. It was not an easy decision, but I still decided that, okay, despite all that is happening at Merkel Science, I'll step back. Uh, it, was, it is one of the most fun sectors, by the way, like Merkel Science is a crypto forensics and rec tech company. So basically, if someone comes and scams you, Utkarsh, they take 10 Bitcoin from you and then they just go away or you click on a wrong link or someone tries to like get you to do something that is not legal. It can still all be traced or at least there are serious attempts being made on deducing who the person is, right? Like despite right. the anonymous nature that these uh, transactions have and that is where Merkel Science operates. So you can imagine very interesting stories 
people would drop by our dms coming and saying hey i'm from italy i'm a 45 year old lady i was just a part of this romance camp and i'm not kidding like a romance camp where mm. someone from nigeria virtually dated her for 9 months they decided they would get married she sent her money to like get him get him his flight flight tickets to fly over to italy and then he ran away with all the money right like wow. and and the reason she transferred the money was because uh in nigeria the only currency that was being accepted with a good value was probably bitcoin so she like so there were very organized attacks and like what do you do after that right like what what would this lady do she goes and complains to the police but how would you trace it so very interesting cases uh but anyway i stepped out of merkel science because of health issues now a couple of things happened at that time point in time i was like okay i'm free so what do i do i i'll just start talking to and a lot of people this is october actually, 2021 approximately this is september 2021 september end okay. 2021 and <clears throat> i think at this point in time we were like okay uh there's a lot of free time let's start talking to people and given that i had been in a startup space for a long time there had been a bunch of ideas i wanted to try right like so there was like a list it that list even exists today that try this out try that out and a lot of them are viable business ideas but it was more of like okay i'll just start talking through these pointers and there were a couple of them that we picked up one was the shopify app for like the shopify web store right like an app on on, on for all e-commerce vendors small shopify merchants and so on and the second was of course the big blue ocean of web3 as like okay there are so many things that have happened i really need to dive deeper so there is a different story to what happened with the shopify idea it also went mm. quite a bit but on the other end was the world of web3 and i was pinging anyone and everyone who had the term dao web3 nfts metaverse whatever cryptocurrency written in their bio on linkedin on twitter i think in the month of october november and december we maybe spoke to 300 people and when i say we it so happens that when i stepped out of Sep- merkel science in september apurv who is a batchmate of mine from iit guwahati we are friends from like 9 years now we met on day 2 of mm-hmm. college uh, of course we knew each other i didn't know that he was also in that same spot so he had also done b2b saas you immediately click like b2b folks just click with other b2b folks so you're like oh uh you also done this i i know what observe is doing uh and apurv had like done all of his specialization in machine learning artificial intelligence and so on so he was at samsung then he was a founding engineer at observe ai he stepped out of observe also to start something of his own so the two of us would go into these random discussions and start making hypothesis or sense of what's happening in the world and i think it was at that point in time with all the 300 or so conversations that we had with these random people someone from latam building a defi tool back then right like someone who's a developer building a dev tooling software someone coming and saying hey i'm going to do what canva is for the world of web 2 but for the metaverse a lot of mm-hmm. people working on nft marketplaces and swapping things and we were like okay this is brilliant we would just go in and ask them questions on why why are you doing what you are doing right back then terra was still a thing and i distinctly remember i had this conversation with someone He was trying to do what MetaMask does on Ethereum, but on the Terra network. And I was like, okay, what do you see is going to happen? What if MetaMask evolves into something else? What What's your plan? What is the timeline you're looking at? And those were phenomenal days because I was anyway in the bed. We were trying to figure out what to do, uh, and a lot of these conversations started giving us clear cut ideas of how the industry is evolving. So we foresee. And we foresaw back then as well. Like there are maybe seven, eight verticals. Now there is no denying 
whether vertical one is better like there's no claim on that front like hey vertical one is better than vertical two but these verticals are in the form of like phenomenal such as social tokens and the rise of social tokens nfts and what happens with them like how do they go mainstream right everything around metaverse dev tooling and core infrastructure daos as a category also emerged very strongly and the reason we picked daos out of everything was primarily threefold so one was you remember 2018 when we had dismissed daos from then since 2020 again a lot had happened like so when i was back at merkel science in 2021 do you we want like, to okay, basically okay. tell us a bit about why you had dismissed daos then what are daos and what really sparked your interest in building an ecosystem for daos yeah absolutely so the reason we had dismissed daos in 2018 and i briefly touched on it a while back was on the lines of back then daos were just this idea which was more of a rebellious nature there was this synonymity with hey we don't agree to this existing system in the world right uh, in the very definition by very definition and let's again keep it non technical daos are really not that complex it's simply decentralized autonomous organization remove and forget all the terminologies at the end of the day it's a group of people with a shared bank account when you have a shared bank account if you want to take money out of that bank account for something you have to make a case to everyone and the majority of the folks should agree that yes utkar should get this much for whatever he is mm-hmm. asking for right so this is called a proposal a group of people a shared bank account everyone having the ability to float on a proposal and then there is a voting that happens on it the minute there is a agreement there is a majority you get what you had asked for the proposal gets accepted now here is where the automation part comes in the idea is to make the system trustless right like so what i mean by trustless is let's say you have a boss in your org who says hey if this product goes live and if we are able to hit this target i'm going to appraise you right mm-hmm. fast forward 3 months you hit your all of your targets you are in that room and the conversation goes something like this you know what right now we are seeing a lot of negative sentiment in the mark market we are trying to like extend our runway so how about we revisit this in 3 months instead of right now right it happens a lot like it happens every day on not just salary front but on n number of other fronts human beings change decisions based on circumstances right and that is where the uncertainty comes in so in daos the idea is a group of people shared bank account a proposal but if the proposal gets accepted there is something called a smart contract it's a line of code not a line of code of course more lines of code but the point being that you can basically tell the computer that if this condition is met do this and you really can't change it like if you have to change the smart contract you again have to get everyone in the community to vote on it and get a majority voting mm. for anything to change but the simplest idea is there is a conditioning put in that decision cannot change so if your boss promised it and it was backed by a smart contract the day you deliver the work you will be promoted you will be appraised whatever it was right. that you promised this is daos right and now i'll again connect the dot to what i was talking about why we picked daos there were three reasons why we picked daos in 2018 when i said that there was a lot of rebellion happening and like a lot of unfoundational communities coming in with not really much of a long term vision just a group of yeah. people who were vibing on something of course these things die out with time right like a lot had happened in 2019 2020 2021 when there was crypto winter suddenly there was a bunch of tools that had come up people were talking how do they deliver business how do you build products as a dao how do you go deliver service as a dao right like so 
all of this and on top of that our conversation with these 300 or 400 people made us believe that hey we really like like there was no doubt that daos as a philosophy are great but now there is a light at the end of the tunnel it looks like people are thinking in the right direction gone are those days where you are just thinking of changing the government maybe you will in 2040 we don't know but today maybe for start you need to have like low hanging fruits right and like our belief in our hypothesis was the first reason but on top of that there were two other things apoor and i both of us have a b2b saas background no one was using saas in web3 right like we when even when we were going for meetings we would use the term saas and people would be like oh how's the saas right like in our our narrative was at the end of the day web3 is just a technology it should become invisible right like so human beings will continue interacting with tools and softwares the way they have so saas is here to stay and the most important part utkarsh is the third factor which was when we were talking to these many people almost 80% of them 75 to 80% of them said hey we would think of positioning our company in the form of a dao our community in the form of a dao we want to go build with the community that mm-hmm. 75 80% of these random 300 people we had cold coldly reached out to right and and that's like 0.0001% of the people building in web3 we had always seen projections like there will be 250000 dollars by 2025 and i really never pay a lot of attention to these projections but the 75 80% of the people saying they were thinking of doing it as a dao and they had their own logic in terms of why why not everyone was probably saying we would not decentralize on day one we would go with what is also known as progressive decentralization you first set some tracks and then you gradually let people be creative uh and we were like okay we are maybe on to something from there it has been no looking there has been no looking back like it was january we started talking only to daos uh like a group of people who believed in the idea some people who had who we had mentored over the years they started joining our team the team was growing we went ahead for a fundraise uh, a lot of investors liked the idea because we had built our own hypothesis on what the ecosystem is going to evolve into and from there we had some capital we recently closed our funding as well uh, today like a lot has happened since then there are three products live and we are looking at like going into maybe 10 more over the next year in half or two so well congrats on this uh, very adventurous journey vikram tell me um on your background in your articles you've uh, you made a good case for daos and we have touched upon it in this kind of a conversation as well what's your vision tell us about the specifics if you really succeed uh, in the 10 year landscape what does the world of daos look like yeah so there are two things right like one is what does the future look like when there are daos and why why that's going to happen right like that's one thing yeah. and the second is what what is daolens working towards i'll pick on the second one first right yeah. the second one is more on the lines of our understanding or how we have been and this this keeps on changing day by day but broadly when you start diving deeper into daos you will realize you will most likely run into a website go look for any dao you will run into a website that goes talks something on the lines of hey we are trying to have scalability as global public utility right like god knows what that sentence means this is our frustration point we were like okay what does this even mean i go through their website i read everything i'm still not able to figure anything out so it's been built by a group of people who understand certain terminologies and then the rest of the world which is the one that should really be encouraged to move into the web3 ecosystem they are still left wondering that this is something only for the nerds it's not for me right like you you look at it with some sort of an apprehension so if i simply like 
categorize it into the areas we believe the DAO ecosystem will evolve into. There are four broader problem areas, right? One is the problem area of, hey, what is a DAO? Which DAO do I find? Like, what, what does it even mean? Like, you go, you know today that if you want to do something around development, you go for some work for X company. How do you go about finding that DAO, right? Like, so there's this problem of how do I discover things? Could you yeah. tell me if there is a good vibe in it? Could you tell me what does working there look like for me? Could you tell me who are these people who have actually established this DAO in the first place, right? Once you have discovered something, comes the idea of, okay, discovery was easy. Now, how do I join it? Like, how do I become one of the community? What does, and that's a, like a massive, massive pain point. I can dive deeper into this, but uh, on a high level, it's a massive pain point because you don't know what to do as a random contributor or as a community member. And mm -hmm. the person who's running the DAO is also equally clueless because in Web3, most of these people have pseudonymous profiles, right? Yeah. So they have something where their name is not visible. You don't know what they have done in the past. Most of the times people don't reveal their identities. So maybe as a community admin, you are looking for a designer, a designer walked in into your server. They are sitting right in front of you, but you have no way of knowing that they are a designer, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just that. And on top of that, how do you figure out what is what in a DAO? Who are these people calling the shots? Who should you be reaching out to? Where do you go make money if you are a front-end developer? So that's come. there comes the idea of onboarding and activation, okay? The third pillar is, okay, I have onboarded now. I know how things work. I have a fair sense. I feel I'm a little bit in control, but help me become the best because there are these people who are making millions a year, right? Like million dollar a year contributing to these DAOs. Whereas I am here just figuring out how to do a hundred dollar gig. How do I upskill myself? How do I draft better proposals that everyone will accept it, love it, right? Like that comes the idea of how do you start helping people in better contribution? And then on top of these three pillars, we talked about three discovery, onboarding, and contribution. On top of mm -hmm. these three, there is this fourth pillar for operation, which is to say that, okay, Utkarsh is launching a new DAO today. How does Utkarsh get started? Like, hey, I know Index Co-op as a DAO has a brilliant structure. They have really cracked onboarding, but how do I become Index Co-op, right? Mm -hmm. Can, like, there are no guidelines. If you are a Web3 company, specifically a DAO, and you're like building something and you want to sell it, if you go try pitching it out to a few people, you will realize there are no playbooks. Like there are tons of tools that come and tell you, hey, here is an SDR. It's a tool for you. It will help you give email IDs of people you could reach out to. This is a template you should use and whatnot. In Web3, these are very early days. So there are no templates, no blueprints, no playbooks, nothing. So that is a pillar where we believe that you will start seeing a lot of action around operation, which is to say, can you make a blueprint out of this also? Right? Hmm. Like, can you make a playbook out of this also? Can you operationalize everything and like automate things, right? Th those are the four broader problem areas that we see. And ideally, Dowlands would want to operate in all four. We want to be that infrastructure layer. What I mean by infrastructure layer is like, we build an offering today, but we also don't want to restrict these DAOs to use things that we give it the way we give it. So it's possible tomorrow, once we have made our solution and we are sure about what's available, we enable people to build on top of that, which means right. that you as a DAO could enable your own solution, your own direction on top of the tooling that we provided and go unlock as many cases as you want, as many use cases as you want. So this is what, how we believe the ecosystem is categorized and we would ideally want to operate in all four. Now, if you notice Utkash, I mentioned something like, hey, as a proposal, as a contributor, how do I draft a better proposal? Let's draw a parallel, right? Like the parallel of writing better today is Grammarly. So what I'm effectively saying is 
one of the 1000 things you could do in daos is like probably build grammarly for people to draft better proposals right mm. like and it would really not be a bad idea because it would command a massive market there are so many proposals that get drafted every day so it's 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 just been us spending a lot of time in the ecosystem trying to understand how things are evolving and what are these low hanging fruits which should we go out of sequentially should we build a today or should we build d today and why right like that's one right. thing in terms of dao and the landscape what we believe is going to happen in a dao first world you will start seeing a shift but that shift is not going to happen overnight this shift is primarily driven by let's look at it from the point of view of a contributor right hmm. today if you go look at what happens in a traditional company you'll find that hey these people they get bored when they are working on one thing i have gotten bored in every company i have worked even if i was working on a project for two months i'm like oh my god we have to do the same thing that i have been doing for the last one year right everyone tends to get bored in daos by the very definition there is a consensus that you could work for any number of daos you want you are a sales person you don't want to talk to engineering team don't participate in the proposal that is related around engineering you don't want to work on mondays don't work it's your freedom at the end of the day daos reward people for proof of work so you don't get paid because your boss thinks you did a good job you get paid because you delivered something that majority of the community accepts as a good yeah. work right so if if for that matter you are a history student and you want to move into let's say maths go ahead do it today in a traditional setup that's not possible right like there will be a lot of people coming and saying but your resume doesn't speak like that correct in daos go take on that project if you deliver the work that the community likes no one is going to stop you the computer is going to ensure that you get paid so you could work for five people at the same time you could work for someone on the music front you could work for someone who is a, a media person like there are media daos you could work for something that is a social dao you could work for something which is a product dao and do some sort of a coding you could work from a beach in portugal of course the whole narrative of remote work keeps continuing here because again it's a decentralized community and on mm -hmm. top of that what's interesting is now look at what these traditional companies do they come and give you health insurance but that health insurance ends when effectively you walk out of that company right there are daos that are coming and fiddling around with the idea what if utkarsh is played here for 2 months or 2 years we give him a perpetual health insurance right. i know of college students from india who who by the way contributed at dolens uh they were like hey we are making barrier salaries in our second year like they are making 200000 a year 300000 a year doing things like learning practically on the way hanging out with people who think like them participating in things it's so interesting and exciting right like so from a contributor's perspective it's an insanely better work style right and as more and more contributors start drifting of course the web3 first companies have realized that there is a benefit or an advantage of going the community route when we started dolens i had no way of reaching out to this person but this random lady who is a culture and intimacy sorry relationship and intimacy coach mm. she came and said that hey i'm going to be like looking after the culture in your dao there was no way i would have reached out to her but that was a brilliant decision right like she helped us with a lot of good inputs so it's just that a group of people with hive mind they start coming and collective wisdom like leads to a lot of brilliant things so web3 companies are already adopting that but web2 companies will probably be left with no choice and i am already seeing examples of this indirectly where people are coming and saying that hey we are moving for like a team in our org which is centralized by the way 
we are moving for contribute to get rewarded. The more you do work, the more you deliver, the more you are likely to get paid, right? Like, so they're fiddling around with these ideas. And I think when there are no good contributors left, anyway, there is an employee crunch. You do not have mm -hmm. enough uh, workforce. If that day comes, you will see that these centralized orgs also start pivoting gradually to a DAO-like structure. Uh, the idea is community will be the, the center of everything. So there are these interesting things that can happen. Hey, you worked at this community. You want to write a review of what your feeling was, like what your experience was working for that community. You do it, you will get paid. Because again, Web3, there can be a token structure or a financial model design that is likely to sustain in the long run, which pays you for your contribution. Because every time you write a definition, that network grows stronger. If that network grows stronger, more people are likely to join because they, they find value out of what you had written, which means you added value to the network, which means you should be paid, right? Now, if you go with that idea, you, there are already people coming and saying, play to earn, which is like, hey, play a game and get rewarded, learn to earn, do a course and get rewarded, right? Like walk 10 steps and get rewarded. So Create a lot to of earn as well, yeah. Yes, yes, I've absolutely. written about it. My new book is called The Passion Economy Inside Hustle Revolution. It's all about the unbundling of work from employment. I talk about Axie Infinity, Play to Earn. I talk about awesome. 1729, Learn to Earn. And NFT is Create to Earn. So it's really interesting. Uh, so network capital and uh, what you were doing is pretty much aligned. Please go on. Uh, you were sharing. Well, I, I think that's pretty much it. So that's how I believe the... <clears throat> organization should shape up in a DAO first world and where we are headed to, I already covered that we want to go ideally in all those four pillars and like provide an infrastructure which facilitates new tools. Yeah. Uh, how and when that happens is like for us to discover, but yeah. Of course. I mean, those, those things will become clearer as time progresses. So do you visualize a world without institutions or uh, like big institutions, big banks, big corporates, or do you think all organizations will become some version of DAOs and then, there'll be doubt to doubt cooperation. Yeah, I, I, I don't think in the state of art or with the kind of progress we have made so far, all institutions getting decentralized is still anytime going to happen in the near future. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just that decentralization is very closely linked to how human beings will ideally behave naturally. Like if you go ask a kid that, hey, what would you really do if these were the situations? They would mostly prefer something that is equal right like they would not want a centralization of power in any way and what yeah. i'm trying to communicate here is like by nature human beings will gradually move towards everything getting equally distributed and there will always be these sequences of power getting centralized and decentralized but coming to your question i don't think every organization can really do that today because there is a lot that needs to be done in terms of and and that is where some of the best brains are working on in like streamlining processes and ensuring that who's participating in this proposal uh, that is being floated? Are you even capable of like actually commenting on that proposal? If not, how do we ensure that the decision-making is not getting centralized, but still mm. like the right people are having a say on it and so on. It's all being played around with. I think it's still like two, three years before you will see something which is going to apply uh, or which is like demonstrated properly, which is saying like, hey, this is going to work for most of these companies. Today, there are a lot of experiments. But I think it's, again, it's very, very, very important that we do these experiments because unless we do it, we'll probably never really land onto the right one. So for anyone who keeps questioning, don't you think democracy never really wins? Uh, and I, I keep getting that question a lot. Don't you think decision-making is very slow in democracy? 
it may be the case but the thing is like unless you go through this sequence you will probably never really land on what is supposed to be the future so uh, very bullish on this uh, but again to your question i don't think every organization can do it simply because we are not there yet in terms of how do we solve the problems that come around with decentralization which is like what if everything is public by nature not everything can be public uh, there are right. a lot of sensitive things that need to be disclosed off in a certain way and and these decentralized servers and distributed systems do a brilliant job at like masking that but i think it will still be a while like there are these tools that are coming and saying that you see that button sign in via google it's probably going to get replaced by sign in via metamask your yeah. linkedin feed will probably get improved because of these interactions that you are doing on instagram but the thing is like linkedin is not taking that data instagram is not taking that data you are reading it from your on chain profile which is something like metamask or whatever is the equivalent of it god knows we'll probably have google wallet uh but 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 interesting times ahead still too early to comment on what exactly is the definitive structure but you yeah. will see a lot of momentum on that direction for sure yeah nobody knows but it's interesting to think about the future yeah so absolutely. uh tell us a bit about uh, your monetization strategy how might you uh think about monetization as a company how can daos as a structure think about monetization yeah uh this is a very good question in fact i'm telling you everyone who is piddling around with the dao ecosystem has this question at the back of their head and we have been doing our own fair share of experiments but again uh for everyone here we are a b2b model which means we go and and pitch the solution to dao admins dao contributor the dao admins dao moderators dao core team and they deploy the solution as a saas offering of course once the solution is deployed contributors go and interact with it but there are two sides to it and we believe and we have seen the intent as well from a lot of people in the form of hey if you do this we are more than happy we are anyway sitting on a treasury we are wasting so much of time paying this person for streamlining processes so if you go do that for them in a proven structured way or in a templatized way which is going to give them results you will see that these daos they do not really hesitate in giving you a chunk out of their treasury which will account to your revenue right so it's it's more of very simply on the lines of how a traditional enterprise or a b2b model works but the thing is that the decision making here is decentralized so you will see that you will still have to get the proposal approved by the community the daolens is willing to like provide this service and they are let's say charging 2 dollars uh, a month right like let's mm -hmm. say we have that sort of a price you will run into people who will be able to comment on how this community uh, like whether the community agrees to it and then you will get the payment from the dao's treasury uh, that is how things are evolving now in terms of what i meant by we are doing a lot of experiments is that we are simply trying to play around a lot with what exactly is that number people are happy with should it be on a per user basis let's say i'm looking at onboarding and for the different tools these will be different experiments that people will have to do on their own but what exactly is it that is not too unfair even for daos how do you ensure that smaller daos are also comfortable with that payment model you will have to do a lot of pricing experiments we have our own thesis on that and i really really hope that in the next 3 4 months we make a playbook out of it and put it out because every web3 founder i have spoken to they are like how are you approaching the sales process what have you learned so far and and that changes drastically because these daos they don't have any geography but inherently what's going to work is like the model will still be a subscription first model you will see that thriving and you will see the payment coming in from a treasury 
it's just that instead of a group of people or like these POCs that you have in an org or your champions, people in the web, uh, like B2B world or enterprise world would appreciate the terminology champion or definition partner. It, it just doesn't stop there. You still have to convince the community. But I think, again, if the product is good, the community barely, barely rejects. Like I have seen products that are impactful, get like overwhelming majority, 99.5% of the people agree that the project should be deployed, right? For that matter. So uh, it's, 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 it's really nothing that different, but it's just that you will have to play around with pricing a lot to ensure what is that number that DAOs are really happy paying you for. Yeah, Network Capital is a subscription first company as well. We get uh, individuals and companies to to join uh, our community as a subscription. So big believers in uh, in this model. We've also seen that uh, the learn to earn, play to earn, uh, at least learn to earn in the Network Capital ecosystem has a huge appetite. For example, we recently partnered with uh, a leading crypto index uh, investing fund, and um, they were basically happy to you know, almost pay or incentivize people to learn the fundamentals of DAO, Web3, crypto, because, you know, somebody needs to build that ecosystem. And it's a very interesting time that all companies are cooperating, even if they're operating in the same space. And I think it's great for the ecosystem in India and uh, the world at large. Don't, don't you agree? I agree 100%. 100%. Awesome. Um, just, uh, I don't want to end this discussion on uh, discussing the current scenario of crypto, which looks to be slightly grim, but I'll be very interested in your take on the difference between, say, what's happening in the market versus the fundamental technology that uh, empowers it all. So uh, comment on this and just paint your vision of how you see this ecosystem grow in the year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a brilliant time for anyone who is like who has their heads down to be building. What has happened uh, is over the past few months, there was a lot of noise that came up. Like people were random projects with not that of a hypothesis were getting funded, mostly because a lot of capital was getting deployed on the basis of FOMO, right? Like fear of missing out. And now you are seeing a lot of people question things a lot. These people, they are like, hey, we, we really want to understand what's your runway. We really want to understand what's your business model. What's the unit economics. We are going the old school way when it comes to like evaluating ideas. And, and that's like music to every founder's ears because the last thing you want is distraction or having to raise only because everyone else in the market is raising, right? As long as you are a little confident on what you are building has some value to it, just put your heads down build it with all honesty, keep talking to users because those principles don't really change. Even if you are building for the web three world, you will have to deploy the solution that is user first. And if you keep doing it, I have seen VCs come and say that there is no winter for anyone who's really like building something that is sensible. It, like I, I keep seeing a lot of narratives that now for you to be able to raise, you will need a certain growth rate. And that is great. Like if, if you have that growth rate, it, it helps for sure. Like it just builds a lot of more confidence, but that doesn't mean that there will be no aspirational idea or like no foundational like idea that will ever get funded. It's still not like we are very, very, very far off from those days. We have matured a lot. You will have to answer some fundamental questions, but it just is good because you will like not end up building something that was not supposed to be built in the first place. 
Now, with that, I'm also seeing some shift in the ecosystem. Like, for example, Polygon was, by the way, built, right? Like, it, through the winter. And then you suddenly saw such a big name. Like, no one knew Polygon, I think, until 2021. And suddenly, like, everyone was like, okay, Polygon. Now everyone has become a fan. Of course, they're doing great things. But what I'm coming to is, there's this another narrative. And I think uh, we at Dowlins, we are, like, so thankful that we decided on partnering. So at that point in time, when we were considering who do we go on and build our product with, we were talking to 74, 75 odd DAOs, right? Mm. Utkash. And with these 74, 75 odd DAOs, the intent always was that you go have some definition partners, people who can influence your product direction to a large extent. And we picked on these people, not based on the fact that they had a big treasury, but based on the fact that, hey, we had this questionnaire that we needed answers to. What is exactly the response you are giving to these questions? Are you having a short-term vision or a long-term vision? And we were going with people who were questioning things from first principles who were going after the long-term vision. Thankfully, anyone who is thinking on those lines from day one is really not at all deterred by whatever has happened in the market. Now, the one good thing that has happened is that a lot of these DAOs, they are talking about how do we go beyond tokens? How do we ensure that token price is not itself the reason why a DAO will thrive or why a DAO will die, right? And that is brilliant because now we're talking about treasuries becoming uh, a mix. It's, it's a hybrid, whether it will be dependent on fiat or whether it will be dependent on some sort of an investment. Those are again experiments that time will tell which one works the best. But the point is that you will end up seeing a lot of these companies that have only talked about token prices move away from that. The narrative is on how do you have the network's value not tied necessarily to the market price of that token. So for us, it's brilliant. I, I think we'll just keep our heads down and keep on building. And on that note, I think any founder who is also thinking of there are like, there is nothing like a winter. Uh, of course, there is winter if you are not really founded on what you are building for. But if you are very sure about what you are building for is needed, there are still people who are going to be investing all through the years. Go look at these venture capital, like venture capital VCs have like been raising a lot of money for investing further down the next two, three years. So some of the most innovative companies will emerge once this market again starts flipping. But, uh, and then it's, it's great. Like no noise means like you can focus on what you're building on. Uh, you actually should be dealing with tough questions earlier than later. Uh, it's, it's better anyway to build with the fundamentals sorted from day one rather than to see a proxy growth or a fake growth come in because of the trend that is out there in the ecosystem. And then six months later, you realize that that was not the direction you were supposed to go into. So uh, it's, it's all good, honestly, in my view. And I, I get it like from an investment perspective, it looks very grim. But from a builder's perspective, I think I have seen this sentiment echo with a lot of people like the intent Utkarsh, honestly, when we started Dowlands was never that things will go very smoothly. We never hoped, and I, I, I'm, I'm so like happy about that, that we always knew that something like this is going to come in. But the question is, do you have your heart and mind at the right place? Can you really not let that distract it? And I think the team also today understands that. Like we, we put together a group of smart people because DAOs are ambiguous. Right, like a lot of things are still moving. A lot of things will shape up. So my hedge against all of that was, of course, a good runway, and on top of that, a brilliant set of people who can fight out ambiguity as and when it hits. I think I would suggest the same to any founder: like get a good team in place, 
you will thrive through it. It there is really no point of like thinking otherwise. What a fantastic note to conclude. Thank you very much, Vikram, and we look forward to our continued participation, collaboration, and shared adventures in this crypto Web three point zero space. Absolutely, Utkarsh, and thank you for having me. It was lovely, uh, like good questions, and it's always energizing going through these. Thank you. Yeah, our mission is to help every. person every organization build their category of one and what dowlens is trying to do is to build its category of one so we're always aligned together